the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Monday, October 19th edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you. Welcome. Mm -hmm. How are you? Thank you, John. A little chilly today, a little gray day, but I'm pushing on. Yeah, it's a little wet. You know, it's sort of like a signature Pittsburgh day, for better or worse, isn't it? It really is. Here we are. Yeah. Listen, uh, do us a favor. Let's Mm -hmm. start the week off now by talking about the top four at four. All right, John, number one, I don't mean to frighten you, but election day is two weeks from tomorrow. Mm. Look out, everybody, just stay calm. Hold on to your hats, ladies and germs. Stay calm. Number two, the Steelers ruined Ruined, I say, the Cleveland Browns yesterday at Heinz Field. Final score was 38-7, but it wasn't even that close if you watched the game. Very pretty indeed. Mm. Very pretty. Mm. I loved it. it. The only downside, the Steeler linebacker Devin Bush, who we've all come to know, love, and appreciate, injured his knee and is out for the season with a torn ACL. That just, that is a rough, rough loss mm-hmm. anyway our best to Devin bush uh number three john there's a plan afoot to make a significant change to shenley park including a controversial electric shuttle that would connect the hazelwood green development site to oakland through the park i know mm. you're thinking that seems like kind of a circuitous route but remember they wouldn't be stopping at stoplights so they think it's faster anyway That's a lot of traffic upgrades john would include several trails one for walking the others for biking and running plus another trail for the aforementioned mm-hmm. shuttle that's all based on upmc is it not well i think it's based on upmc i think they're trying to just make a quicker link between all of those people working down at hazelwood green and mm-hmm. oakland because of all they're like 20 stoplights right between either the cathedral or upmc from hazelwood green so and it's trying. a bottleneck yeah exactly All right. And last but not least, number four, multiple Emmy Award winning play-by-play king and pride of the Beaver Valley, the great Doc Emmerich announced his retirement today. Mm. Doc Emmerich, 74, has been the preeminent voice for NHL games on NBC and NBC Sports for 15 years. Are you ready for these numbers? Please. Doc called 22 Stanley Cup finals. Wow. He won eight sports Emmys, including seven straight He worked at ESPN and ABC, as well as Fox and CBS, and at six Olympic Winter Games. Wow. In 2008, Doc Emmerich was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. 74 years old. Here's the thing. At 74, he has not missed his step. Oh, my God. It's not as though he's, like, leaving on the downward slope. Doc Emmerich is still a giant in broadcasting. Sorry to see him go. I mean, oh he's gosh. one of those rare voices who you want to tune in, even if the score is 15 nothing. you just want to hear Doc call the game. And that, my friends, is your top four at four. 
Very nice. Listen, John, I got to say that I am with you with Doc Emmerich. I've never heard a faster brain, but the connection between brain and mouth right. than Doc Emmerich. And not only is it is is he able to relate what he's seeing, but he's funny. Yep. He's clever. He's mm-hmm. insightful. I mean, he's he's the best play-by-play person I've ever heard in any sport in my whole life. I agree. And it's hockey. I mean, hockey doesn't have a whole lot of downtime. It's not like you're waiting in between pitches and you're able to tell, like, you know, a funny antidote like Bob Prince would have done. Although Doc Emmerich does have his genealogy wrapped around Bob Prince because he talked about, you know, growing up and listening to Bob Prince. Mm-hmm. But the two styles are totally different. But uh, boy, sorry to see him go. It's going to really? change the uh, the way the NFL or the uh, National Hockey League is listened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so happy retirement yes. to the great Doc Emmerich. Yes. And speaking, speaking of retirement, yes. a friend of ours and a listener, Rosie Wagoner, mm. she herself has retired, I would say, right next to Doc Emmerich as far oh, as uh, her weight and her ability to work a crowd. Mm. Yes, no question about it. And the, yeah. and the quick connection between mind and mouth. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. For Rosie. sure. I mean, she can call a game, different mm-hmm. kind of game, but she can still call it. For many years, Rosie was the, one of the mainstays at the Coalition for Christian Outreach in the uh, East Liberty neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Stepped down last week. Kath, you know how many years uh, Rosie No, but I, be- I am just guessing that it was over 20, but I don't mm-hmm. know an exact number, and I would like to find out. Yeah. Uh, never won an Emmy. Never had to win an Emmy. Mm-hmm. But still, you think of all those people that she was part of and uh, all the students, all the staff at the CCO. Rosie Wagner will be greatly missed at the CCO. Now, I have to say, I mean, is it too soon for me to say that we dubbed today Rosie Wagner Day on the ride home? Oh, no. This is exactly it, right? Mm-hmm. We will utter the name Rosie Wagner at every opportunity throughout today's broadcast. Oh. So God bless you, Rosie. Fabulous. That is so great. All right, we're going to step away. When we come back, good news. Tomorrow we die. What? Yep. Why dwelling on our mortality, John, may actually be good for us. All right. That's next. Pick me up on a rainy, cold Monday. This is Monday edition of the Ride Home, John. 101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. And suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction, the hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. 
Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable, too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva in person or online. To find out more, go to geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit. Saturday, October 24th is National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day. Help keep prescription opioids out of the wrong hands and reduce the risk of diversion, misuse, and abuse. When your opioid medicine expires or you no longer need it, please dispose of leftover medicines at a drop-off location as quickly as possible. For more information or to locate the take-back day location closest to you, go to deatakeback.com. This message is paid for by Purdue Pharma. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. Over the past decade, hundreds of broadcast ministries have multiplied their listenership through a partnership with OnePlace.com, the largest online Christian broadcast platform. Here's Greg Laurie. By partnering with OnePlace, we've been able to expand our online ministry in a way that complements our current web strategy for maximized outreach and impact. Steve Arterburn. Through our partnership with OnePlace, we've been able to grow our online ministry in ways that Well, we just never would have been able to do it otherwise. John MacArthur. This is a partnership we enjoy and for which we thank the Lord. Colin Smith. Our partnership with OnePlace.com has multiplied our ministry effectiveness. We're reaching new listeners every day. And Dr. David Jeremiah. Many of the new listeners we reach here each day through OnePlace are now faithful ministry supporters. Introduce your message to the largest online Christian audience on the web. Visit us today at OnePlaceRadio.com to learn how. That's OnePlaceRadio.com. Why does Trinity Jewelers' Mark Helgerman advertise on Word FM? Every year we've grown. Every year has gotten better. I attribute that directly to the advertising. Word FM can give you something that no other station can give you because as Christian brother and sisters, a relationship is formed through that radio and through the advertising, and that person will drive past 20 other jewelers to come and see us. There's no question Word FM has been huge for Trinity Jewelers. I mean, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are if it wasn't for Word FM. It has um, created such a business base for us because it's made us larger than just your neighborhood jeweler. It's made us citywide. I feel like in a lot of cases with other advertising venues that it's more just make the sale, make the sale, get them to advertise, whereas I think at Word... There's no question. I feel like Word FM is committed to making the businesses they advertise for a success. Isn't it time you advertised on Word FM? Call 412-937-1500. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. How long could you survive without electricity, without a water supply, days, a week? 
Ready Christians prepare for crisis events in order to stay safe and assist others. Being ready means you can share the comfort and hope of Jesus Christ, perhaps in someone's most desperate hour. Complete the free readiness profile online at ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org. In just a few minutes, you'll know what it takes to be ready to respond to crisis and disaster. That's ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org. Hey, Todd Billings is with us. He wrote a piece called Good News, Tomorrow We Die. And in it, he says this, that um, in the United States, those who believe in God, 56% think that God will grant good health and relief from sickness to believers who have enough faith. That's from a a Pew study. Well, uh, J. Todd Billings has a really uh, interesting story. And that 56%, I'm not so sure about that. J. Todd Billings is the Gordon H. Gerard Research Professor of Reformed Theology at Western Theological Seminary in Holland, Mission, his late, Michigan. His latest book is called The End of the Christian Life, How Embracing Our Mortality Frees Us to Truly Live. Todd, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you. Good to be with you. Yeah, Todd, really great to hear from you. Um, great to read this piece, which I know is a, a portion of the book that you've written on this subject. Um, for our listeners that don't remember or haven't read your stuff, talk about your own personal experience and why this issue is so central to you. Yeah, I was diagnosed with an incurable cancer in 2012 when uh, my kids were one and three and was not expecting it at all. And so I wrote a book about lament um, then. I'm a seminary professor, and so just going back to the Psalms. And I wrote this second book as someone who is a member of the cancer community that's much more aware of death on a daily basis than I was before. Um, And seeing some of the strange and insightful things that you see in Scripture and when you are aware of our mortality in a distinct way um, that, again, a lot of people in their everyday life aren't. Right. Okay, so Todd, so since that diagnosis, of course, you've been living your life. You're here with us today. Uh, Where are you on this journey? Because you continue to produce and to have a family and to live, uh, I believe, in full life. Yeah, well, I'm really grateful to God that I'm in a partial remission, and so I'm able to work about two-thirds time, and I'm still on chemotherapy, and my um, cancer is still expected to come back. But um, in the meantime, I'm learning new things in my walk with Jesus and in how to give away my life in the life that I'm given. So talk about that, you know, as you came in, in the piece that you wrote, Good News, Tomorrow We Die, which is at Christianity Today, you talked about that Pew study. I mean, that's pretty pretty typical, I believe, of most people, even if you're facing a diagnosis of terminal cancer. Yeah, I think that's true. I think a lot of us assume that God runs by certain rules, and if we live by those rules, then God will reward us. You know, if you live a good Christian life, then you should be able to live into your 80s and have grandchildren and see them grow up and, you know, all sorts of 
expectations that actually have much more to do with an American middle-class lifestyle than anything promised in Scripture. Um, what we have promised in Scripture is actually much better than that. We have promised that Christ has gone before us in whatever path we have taken, and even in dying, and that we are not alone. We've been united to him. And so that is actually some of what I've been learning on this path, that, yeah, we are not promised a long, a long healthy life. But that doesn't mean that the promises of God are inadequate. They're actually much better than we've been led mm-hmm. to believe by our um, middle-class culture. Yeah. Todd, uh, you'd think in the COVID-19 era that we would be acquainted with sudden death or uh, medical conditions that are beyond our understanding. Um, but it still seems that today, and, and I guess it's just a normal human reaction that we, we try to run away from it or think that um, if we believe in God, then he's going to you know, make everything okay. And he is going to make everything okay, but often not in a temporal sense, which is really hard to live with. It's just really hard to hear. Um, so talk about that process in your own life, about recognizing the eternal nature of the goodness of God and then how it looks different now. I think some of it is coming to realize on a day-to-day level how we are mortal. I mean, we can read the headlines about COVID-19 and even have others who we know who have gotten sick or have have died from it. But our human tendency is to think that death is really something that happens just to other people. Um, we can get fearful and self-protective, but when you feel the ache and pain in your own body, I've I've had daily pain with my cancer treatment, and at first I just resisted the pain and hated the pain, and I came to see, in some sense, this is a reminder, even from God, that I'm small, that I'm not going to live forever, and that where I put my attention, where I put my loves and loving God and neighbor really matters. Um, because on a day-to-day level, we often like to act like we're in control, and smartphone can give us that impression. All sorts of things can give us that impression. But when mortality is something that isn't just something that happens in the movies or on the headlines, but is happening to you and I, it actually changes our outlook for what ministry looks like, for what the Christian life um, looks like on a day-to-day level. And rather than thinking in terms of self-protection, you're able to give away your life, um, you know, not by being incautious in terms of um, deaths or taking unnecessary risks, but realizing that none of us get to take our wealth with us. You know, all of us are like Job in the end, who have family and fortune taken away in the end. And so that's really the perspective, the everlasting God, and then our small lives. That's really where we are. But on a day-to-day level, we often try to deceive ourselves that that's not the case. So that's why it's good news, like even reminders of our mortality is good news, because we tend to live as if we were immortal otherwise. J. Todd Billings is with us. We're talking about the end of the Christian life how embracing our mortality frees us to truly live. So, Todd, 
this journey, I mean, it's not as though, you know, you woke up one morning and said, well, I've got a, a cancer, a terminal cancer diagnosis and all is right and well with the world. I'm, I'm sure you had to wrestle with this and your emotions had to be thick and heavy and all over the map at any time, or I'm sure it was moment to moment sometimes. So mm-hmm. how do you, how do you handle that? I mean, your family, your children, of course, you know, we all know we're going to die, but there is something I'm sure about sitting across from a doctor who's giving you this diagnosis. It feels a little closer to you. Um, is there some, you know, grand lesson you've learned in all this that makes it palpable to wake up every morning and go through another day? Well, I think that in a sense, I've learned where to go and where to go. Um, number one is to go to prayer with the Psalms, um, because the psalmists have the whole range of emotions that I experience and that all of us experience to some extent, but, you know, including despair and anger, but it's all brought before the everlasting God. Um, and also seeing how Christ relates to this, um, but the book of Hebrews has become really important to me, where Christ actually goes before us as the mm-hmm. pioneer, even in dying. And so that gives us, can give us a hope where we are not a kind of pioneer in the, in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely changed, though, how I parent. It's changed that a lot, and I go into that a fair amount into the book. I don't have the good option of just pretending that my kids can deal with mortality, you know, when they're 20 or something. We really, in our family, try to take every opportunity to talk about death and to, um, like, when there's a pet that dies. And I really wanted my kids to get to know people who were in, who were actively dying um, in our congregation. So we built a lot of friendships there. And um, I had found in my research that really up until the middle of the 20th century, most human beings, even as children, were around dying people mm-hmm. and helped to care for people who were dying. But um, around the middle of the 20th century, you know, we put them into the hospital or into nursing homes, different institutions, which is good in some ways, but in a lot of ways we've ended up with a culture that death is almost an exotic thing where it's just in the headlines or in the movies. Um, and, and that helps us, that gives us this impression that, you know, dying isn't something that happens to my dad or to me, you know, what for, for a child. Right. Todd, um, I know from, let's move from, the dying part to the living part. I know that uh, there have been a lot of advances in treatments. Curious as to what road you're on and how, you know, um, how with that are you? Yeah. So there have been some advances in treatments um, in terms of the cancer that I'm living with. I don't know whether I'll live long enough to, you know, (laughs) Um, benefit from some of what's in the works or not. And I don't want to sound pessimistic there. It's just that as I've gotten to know others with the same stage of cancer that I have um, over the last eight years, you know, about half of them are dead now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, there's, 
there's always headlines about what may be coming and um, sure. so forth. But in the midst, in in the midst of things, um, the rest of us are, you know, not expecting anything dramatically different. Soon. Right. Um, that's so, not our daily task. So, in the day to day, Todd, I mean, is there? good news in a terminal cancer diagnosis for you? I mean, you know, can you pull anything out of there and you go, okay, well, if I didn't know that I had terminal cancer, I wouldn't have had this happen to me. And that's a positive thing. Is there something like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, my wife has said I've become a better father and she would, she would be a good person to know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it has helped me say no to certain things and even just put my attention in places that really matter in ways that I would not have. And it's opened up a whole new world of people who are suffering in different ways than I was aware of. I just realized how isolated I was from people who are actively dying in my, even in my work at seminary. And there were people in my church, but I hadn't taken as much time to get to know them. And so, I mean, it may sound depressing to some people, but it's actually um, these folks who are dying are witnesses to the gospel, Mm -hmm. such beautiful people. And so as I've gotten to know them, along with my kids, they have blessed us in so many ways. And um, even just going to their funerals and, helping my kids process their grief after they pass away. That's not just a hard thing. It's also a good thing for my kids for, um, you know, learning to live as a mortal before God. Well, Todd, you've done such great work and such good writing over these last, what, six, seven, eight years. We want to thank you for sharing more of it. The new book is called The End of the Christian Life, How Embracing Our Mortality Frees Us to Truly Live. J. Todd Billings. Todd, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Mm, Our pleasure. Prayers for Todd Billings and his wife and his children, all that community. Take a break and come back. Should you smile with your mask on? I mean, does anybody see that? Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course we have great eats inside too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. If you're like me, there's been days this year where you felt pretty discouraged. I'm not normally a Davy Downer, but at times, it's felt like tough, sad, or scary stuff everywhere I turn. And as we near this election, no matter your point of view, more heavy days are probably ahead. But then yesterday, I heard a different kind of story about my niece 
who spent the entire summer babysitting and saving her money, only to then say out of the blue, Mom, I want to donate my summer savings. She had learned about an organization that delivered toys and Bibles to less fortunate kids. And I heard a story about a little local cafe whose business was not doing well, but decided anyways to deliver dozens of free lunches to nearby seniors struggling with isolation. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we challenged ourselves this week to open our eyes to those who inspire us and to try to do some inspiring ourselves. Maybe joining with us might also encourage you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. Tonight we'll see cloudy skies with occasional rain. Tonight we'll reach a low of 53. Tomorrow remaining cloudy with some lingering rain. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 63. Wednesday becoming warmer with clouds and breaks of sunshine. Wednesday will reach a high of 76. Thursday very warm with times of sun and clouds. Thursday we'll see a high of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Saturday afternoon, uh, the family and, our, and myself, we went down to the Strip District. Now, i got to be honest, it's been a long, long, long time since I've been out in public like that. And, of course, the, the streets in the Strip, the sidewalks, they were literally choked with people. And uh, where we are right now with COVID-19, the large majority of people that we were with were wearing their masks, of course, there were, there were outliers, the people who chose not to wear their masks. There was actually a guy on the one street corner playing a clarinet. So, I mean, it, you know, it sort of runs the gamut. Um, I saw someone wear a mask, which I loved. It was one of those clear masks, which you could see the person's mouth, oh, which yeah. was fascinating. I mean, I loved it. But I've been thinking about this. And so I, I went and researched this and found something that sort of supports this. Why you should smile behind your mask. Because you okay, because we're look like walking around like a bunch of zombies. Exactly. I Nobody mean, look at me. I won't look at you. No. So research shows. Now, there's an article. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. Pam Moore is the uh, author of this, the reporter. She says that research shows that social contact, of course, improves physical and mental health because it increases immunity and reduces stress. When we are smiling and engaging with other people, it's the engagement with other people that makes us feel better. It turns out that that's even, even the case if you're introverted, right? So introverts tend to experience better moods when they act like extroverts. Hmm. And the face is one of the most important places in the body to look at for social information. 
So we smile to signal that we are safe. This big kind of obvious way that, you know, we smile, we are not a threat. And so our face covering that up, everybody's a little suspect because we can't read the social cues. Yeah. So if you stop smiling beneath your mask, you might perceive other people and yourself as less cheerful and less happy. Okay. So wait, so if I'm wearing a mask and I choose to smile anyway, right? it's not even as much for the other people as it is for me. Exactly. Mm. Yes. And it turns out humans are really good at reading eyes. So when you encounter someone and if you acknowledge them as a human being, you tend to look them in the eye and they will see that you are smiling in your eyes, right? Your eyes get a little crinkly when you're you're fully smiling, right? So (laughs) if you go out in public, Uh you know, and it's got to be, you know, genuine. Of course, you can't be like faking your smile. Can you imagine faking your smile behind your mask so your eyes crinkle up? No. That'd be stupid. So. The key is in this article, they're saying, continue to smile, Mm -hmm. continue to engage, continue to look people in the eyes and see people as humans first and foremost. You'll follow along those same social cues and you will find that most people are going to, if you're smiling, people will engage with you in a more positive way, even though they can't see your smile. Okay. I am all behind that. And I'm really glad that we're having this conversation because I have noticed, I was just out today because I had to do several errands and things. I have become an island unto myself. Oh, me too. I wear a hat. I wear a ball hat with my mask. So nobody, and all you need are sunglasses and no one can see anything about you. I feel like the Unabomber. Maybe a cloak would be But it's a protective thing in a way. Yeah, right. Right? Well, that's dumb. So we should stop doing that. Yeah. Okay practice what I preach. Mike, are you worried about that? Like, do you get kind of crazy about thinking, you know, I I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. Not really. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I do. I, I can never smile with it, with a mask on. Really? Sorry. I just can't. I'm too miserable with it. I'm Uh, I'm too miserable with it. I just can't, uh, (laughs) I can't mm -hmm. succumb to it. Okay. So, so if you run past new Mike, just know he's not smiling. Right. You won't recognize him because he's okay. wearing a mask. For he's one but you know what I do? Smiling. If I recognize you, I'll take my mask off, give you mm-hmm. a smile and a wink. Mm. Uh, a wink. Okay. That's maybe a, well, the give wink you is a, the, the elbow and the, what is it? Mm. The foot, the foot shake yeah, the or whatever. Foot bump. The yeah. foot bump. Yeah. The wink is the secret sauce. How about yeah. this? I had to go into a bank the other day. You're wearing a mask going into a bank. So then all of a sudden everybody's a bank robber. Oh yeah. What the oh, heck? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Right? You don't you don't think that about Steeler offensive coordinator Mr. Feekner, do you? <laughs> no, no, not sure why he doesn't get the mask. Because he's doing the you know the what partial mask. He's got Here. the mask completely covering the rear of his head. Right. What is what does he think's going on back there? He's got a little like a little air hole back there, Randy. Maybe, right. He's got come a little on, something. Pal, cover he's, up that nose. You know what a, we're doing here, right? Maybe he's a porpoise or he's got a little blowhole back there. A little there. blowhole back there. I'm not sure. Every Sunday, my husband and I are like, so do you think in the intervening six days, he figured out that he should pull that up over mm-hmm. his nose? No, the people, if you're going to mask up, then mask up. Right. For the people who are walking around like with their nose, like, what you know, that? That, that doesn't help me at all. You know, it doesn't help anybody. What are you, virtual signaling? Oh, it's kind of like, you know, I'm trying, but I'm not really trying. That's all. Maybe he's superstitious and he wore it the first time they won. 
so he's continuing to wear it. Like oh, that. Mike, that's a really good point. Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. Yeah, the and superstitious so all, mask wearer. So right? all of us, all of us, should be wanting him not to cover his nose, mm-hmm. just so we preserve the winning streak. Right. Okay. So then, if you're, so then, if if I'm only wearing half of my mask, then I'm superstitious because I think I won't die. Right. If I mm-hmm. if I cover it up. Doesn't make any sense, but I you guess really you know, none of this makes sense either. Mike Tomlin, though, is in full compliance. How about him? When he has his sunglasses on oh, and everything, man, he is he is yeah. all business. Yeah. You know what? He's not smiling behind that mask. <laughs> no, <he's not. laughs> there's, there's no smile going on there. That's for sure. All right. Let us all take right. a break. Uh, we're going to talk about um, mentoring next. Right. How do you become a mentor? Who is your mentor? Don Hall was mentoring? my mentor. I was. A little early on, I was. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, all of a sudden, Still, the- no, it, it'll never end. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lifelong relationship. 101.5 WORD. The Word of God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi, friend, this is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling Word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment. 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley. 724-884-1496. Joe Biden. Faith is what has gotten me through difficult times in my life. I lost my wife and daughter. When my son has stage four glioblastoma, it's a matter of months. Personally, for me, faith, it's all about hope and purpose and strength. And for me, my religion is just an enormous sense of solace. I go to Mass and I say the rosary. I find it to be incredibly comforting. Kierkegaard said, faith sees best in the dark. Think of all the people you know who are going through horrible things and they get up every morning and they put one foot in front of the other. I marvel at people to absorb hurt and just get back up. And I'm absolutely thoroughly convinced and optimistic about the prospects of this country. There is nothing, there is nothing you can do. I'm Joe Biden, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Biden for president. This is Albert Bowler with another word about the upcoming election. There is so much at stake. We might not be able to vote as conveniently as we have voted before, but that just puts on Christian citizens the responsibility to work even harder to make sure that we vote and that our vote counts. Too much is at stake to sit this election out. So, whatever it takes, go vote.
Metcalf, having known you all these many years, I do know that you have been an active and willing mentor for many a young woman. Mm. Uh, describe that. Uh, it, it's a good thing for you and for those who you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've been particularly faithful across the board with it, but I've had good experiences and relationships over the years. I just think that um, it's the number one thing is availability. And that's, of course, what I struggled with and what I think what most people in today's America struggle with because our schedules are so packed. Um, But being available is the number one thing you need to be a mentor. But okay, so when you first started doing this, you know, someone approached you or you approached someone it's a little worrisome, isn't it? Like, you know, I'm going to screw this up. Someone's oh my entrusted gosh, me. Or I'm gonna, wait, I'm going to screw you up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. My advice is going to be like, you know, nutty talk. It's yeah, crazy time. I realized very quickly. In fact, like the first person I mentored, the very first week we talked, I realized it's not going to be about me giving her advice. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be us getting to know each other. And just by virtue of me being a little older than her, and me being a Christian a little longer, I'm just going to be able to know some things that she doesn't. It doesn't mean that she's not going to know things I don't. I mean, it's not like I'm going to be just the giver and she's like a sponge. It's not like that. It's really much more of a reciprocal relationship than I would have anticipated at the start. All right. Well, Melissa Kruger is back with us. Melissa is director of women's content for the Gospel Coalition. Her brand new work is called Growing Together taking mentoring beyond small talk and prayer requests. Melissa, welcome back. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Sure. So talk about mentorship. Um, I mentioned that it really ended up in reality being different than I had expected uh, in, in kind of the thinking of it. What has your experience been? Yeah, what you just said, actually, it it really is the opening image I start with in the book. And I give this image of two trees um, standing beside one another. When I was a little girl, I remember my dad um, taking this young, young tree that was bent over because of a storm. And I think we kids had been jumping on this tree as well. So that was another reason it was bent over. And he tethered it to a sturdy oak that was right beside it so that it would grow straight. So all that big tree did was stand beside the little tree and offer support in some ways. But that that big tree couldn't make the little tree grow. The sun and the rain do that. And in the same way, mentoring is a relationship where we really just stand beside someone. But God is making us both grow as we walk together for a season. And that takes a lot of the pressure off. Like what you were saying, um, I'm terrified in some ways that I'm going to mess someone up or say the wrong oh, thing. Oh yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when I, when I just think of it as standing beside and passing on the strength God has given me, then it seems like, oh, I can do that. It's more accessible. I see. So Melissa, of course, you know, in the business world, people look at LinkedIn and go, oh yeah, well, you know, I, I understand LinkedIn because there's, you know, a, one person sort of, you know, sort of providing a pattern for another person. So I, I wonder, is there a difference, and I'm sure there is many differences between the, the business world mentoring and the Christian world mentoring? Yeah, I think there are some similarities. I mean, for, for certain, you know, someone who's worked in one field for a long time can really come alongside someone who's new in that field and help them. Um, and that's 
definitely true in the sense of discipleship, and we see this in Scripture. You know, Paul is this older pastor who comes alongside Timothy, comes alongside Titus. He helps give them direction as they fulfill their duties and ministry. So I think there there are definitely some similarities. I think what's different um, is, in particular, I am not trying to make a disciple of me. Yeah, I'm trying to make a disciple of Jesus. And so I love the words of John the Baptist when he says, he must become greater and I must become less. So I'm constantly pushing that person to look more like Jesus. So that might mean they serve a very different capacity in the body than I serve. You know, so so it's, it's different in that sense. I'm not trying to, if my gifting in the church is one thing, I'm not trying to make that younger disciple serve like I serve. I'm just trying to hope hope to help her serve in some way. Um, So there are some definite differences as well. We're talking to Melissa Kruger. She's director of women's content for the Gospel Coalition. Um, Melissa, what about um, being mentored? Yeah, I think that's something we all want. I don't think we ever feel like the older woman. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm Mm -hmm. always looking for older women in my life um, who can just come alongside me. And I've learned so much from just watching an older woman in different seasons. Um, one, One thing it helps me to do in some ways is not put my hope in the next season. When I look at older women in my life and I see the things they're juggling, I'm thinking, oh, Every season has a lot to juggle. It doesn't get mm-hmm. easier, you know, in the next season. I see them juggling caring for aging parents um, and different different things like that. And so I just think these relationships in the church, whether it's we're being mentored or we're mentoring other others, are so important. And in a lot of ways, that's because Jesus did this. I mean, he really, the majority of his ministry time was spent with 12 people, um, and he lived with them, he ate with them, he ministered among them. And I, I think there's a lot to be said for his example of life on life ministry. He was known by people and he knew them. And I think both sides of that coin are really important. Uh, Melissa, I remember being a young man in my uh, mid-20s or so and, and wishing that I had a mentor, that mm-hmm. there was someone who would step alongside me and sort of, you know, unlock the mysteries and the questions that I had <laughs> about what it was to move forward. And, I, and I, I think that's probably the big thing for a lot of people who are, you know, wanting to be mentored. It's the fear of, you know, trying to find, it's kind of like dating in a way, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it, there's a little more investment involved here. Absolutely. And I think it's terrifying. It's terrifying to ask and it's terrifying to be asked kind of on both (laughs) both sides sometimes. So I always suggest to people, why don't you see if they want to get coffee um, and come with a really specific question that you, there, there must be a reason you want to get coffee with this older person in your church. And maybe you've heard them share something in Bible study or some, you've seen them do something. Um, For instance, let's say there's an older woman who, you know, she has an amazing prayer life. And you say, I need to grow in that area. And you could just get coffee and say, hey, can you tell me how you've grown in your prayer life? Because I want to be a woman like you one day who prays like this. Can you help me? And that's a little simpler than, will you mentor me? <laughs> you know, that, that, that's very open-ended. Um, but that can start a relationship that then maybe could continue. And it can be a once-a-month coffee or something like that. But right. I think it's always nice to start simple. Yeah. Okay. So that brings up a good point. Um, I've had this experience in the past that the two parties that are involved have different expectations for what's (laughs) going to happen. And that can really cause some hurt feelings. Yes. 
and I have found myself in the exact same situation, which is in part um, why I, I really wrote the book, because it, it helped me to have a curriculum. So now when a woman asks, will you mentor me? I say, this is what I can do. I can read through this curriculum. The book is not actually about mentoring so much. It's a, it's a book to be used in the mentoring relationship. And so it kind of goes through basic spiritual disciplines, like how's your prayer life? How's your evangelism? How's your time in the church? Are you serving somewhere? How's your family life? Different things like that, that I think are pretty applicable, whether you're mentoring someone who's 20 or you're mentoring someone who's 60. You know, I think these topics are evergreen topics, so to speak. And so I, I really... You know, I think that has helped me to say we can meet for this 12 weeks to go through this curriculum and then we'll reevaluate because I think it can be, yeah, again, it's nice to have a beginning and an end so that you clearly communicated on the front end so feelings aren't hurt when she says, oh, I just thought we were going to have coffee and kind of hang out and have fun. And you're thinking, no, I really, I really want this to be about spiritual conversations. It's helpful to know, are we talking about having a friendship here? Because that's, that's great. We need friends. Or do we want to have a spiritually, spiritual mentorship? And those right. are two or, different things. Right. Or, or are we going to get together for an hour? Or are we going to get together for five hours? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I think what that's about really people... good to define on the front <laughs> end. And has it happened to you, Melissa, where people think that all of a sudden you're their therapist? Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I worked in women's ministry for 10 years, and I think I, I actually thought being a counselor might be easier because there were, you, you knew when you go into a counselor's office, you have an hour. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> in women's ministry, they think you have all afternoon. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think um, there, we need counseling and, and we need people who can counsel. And yep. it's good to know the difference between what we're doing in right. mentoring versus counseling. Right. Because here's the thing. If, if it, you know, requires some sort of like therapy background, then no one's going to want to do it, you know, unless of course you're <laughs> a therapist, but then you're not going to want to do that in your free time anyway, because that's your job. Yes. Yes. I mean, and I don't feel equipped for certain things. No, I mean, there, there are not. certain things that move into a space that I feel equipped to talk about someone's prayer life with them, but I'm not equipped to, you know, to deal with certain things that, that really we do need trained counselors for. And yeah. those are good things to have. <laughs> I mean, Melissa, COVID's affected everything. Has it affected your, you know, idea of how and when and where you, you know, have mentors in your life? Yeah, yeah, one of the sweet things about this season, because you can get together still with one person. <laughs> so um, a, a friend actually asked me, she's a few years younger than me, she asked me to mentor her back in January, I think. And so we have actually continued to once a month, we go for a walk and we talk. And so it's outside <laughs> and we could still do it. So that was that was actually one of the things that we could still keep doing in the midst of Bible studies being canceled church services being canceled, we could still do this because it was one-on-one. And so I think that's the good news about mentoring. It can actually still happen in a pandemic. (laughs) All right. That's really good news. Yeah, that is, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take any positive I can get out of it. (laughs) Melissa Kruger has been with us, director of women's content for the gospel coalition. Melissa, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Our pleasure. Growing together, taking mentoring beyond small talk and prayer request. Take a break. Come back. You know what? Um, Maybe during the break, I'm going to run down the refrigerator and have myself a nice cold glass of tab. Hillary Clinton called hardworking Americans like you deplorable. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Joe Biden called us bad people. Not very good people. Liberal Hollywood attacks our faith. 
Amy Comey, Barrett, Catholic, really Catholic. And the liberal media attacks our values. The credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump. They openly hope for the death of our president. Hillary Clinton's former spokesperson said, I hope he dies. Barack Obama's former speechwriter said, these people. It's disgraceful. President Trump stands with us, the people who work for a living, get our hands dirty, care for our families, worship God and stand for our flag. And we're proud to say Donald Trump is our president. I'm Donald Trump, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Donald J. Trump for President Inc. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable, too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva in person or online. To find out more, go to geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit. Help at Home, formerly XL Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including Hero Pay and Hero Sign On bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign on bonus, plus ongoing bonus pay. They know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the Hero Pay you deserve. Give them a call today and find out more, or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Tour any of their three North Hills campuses during Admissions Week, October 19th through 23rd, and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. I consider not only my team members, but my patients, my family, and I miss them for quite a few months. Stock Family Dentistry would like to say... Welcome back. One of the biggest blessings I have received is to be able to use my talents and my passion to serve my community through our dental office. And I'm proud to say that we're doing it in a very safe way. We're finally back up to full speed. It's nice to be back with family. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. After, after nearly 60 years, Coca-Cola is discontinuing its first ever diet soda, Tab, which acquired a huge fan base in the 70s and 80s. I told Mike we were going to talk about Tab. Mike did not know, Kath, what Tab was, well, which is no surprise. Listen, I didn't know it was still around. Yeah, you don't see Tab, right? I mean, well, not that you did, you know, well, now it's gone. But it wasn't one of those things that was on the store shelves. Tab, to me, was kind of like Fresca. Right, that it was sort of you know mm-hmm. big in its day, right. but now it's dis- disappeared. Sixty years, it was the first diet soft drink on the marketplace. People loved it because it wasn't super sweet. Which, of course, you know, if you drink diet soda today, you know, it's like really that saccharine kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Way over the, you know. Well, but the interesting thing is that it actually had sac. It was it had saccharine in it. Tab exactly. Did. Yeah. I mean, you're not drinking sodas with saccharine in it now. 
Nope. So Tab's growth was more or less cannibalized by Diet Coke, which came on the scene Mm -hmm. in 1982. In announcing Tab's end, Coke noted that the zero-calorie sparkling beverage category has changed in recent years, both in terms of its core consumer base and and its preferences. Retiring products like Tab freeze Coke to invest in its powerhouses, Diet Coke and Coke Zero brands. So in the article, the guy says, I got two cans left of Tab. I'm going to drink one, and I'm going to put one on the shelf forever. Long and just tab. toss it. It was really terrible from the very start. <laughs> I'd like to have one right now. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com. By heart, tune in and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump in Prescott, Arizona, for a Make America Great Again rally, the first of two for him today. Upon his arrival on the tarmac, he addressed reporters' questions, including about his disagreements with Dr. Anthony Fauci. He also said stimulus talks are ongoing with House leadership. The president has a second rally scheduled for later this evening in Tucson. And the Democrats' vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris, back on the campaign trail for the first time after a brief absence when people connected with her campaign tested positive for the virus. The Democratic ticket is largely foregoing traditional campaign rallies because of the risk of spreading the coronavirus. At the campaign event, Harris says that all children need the right tools for online learning during the coronavirus shutdowns. On Wall Street, the Dow ended the day off by 410 points. This is SRN News. We know nothing shows you've had a good night's sleep quite like a serious case of good old bedhead. When you wake up and your hair is sticking up at all angles and you can't quite remember what year it is, that's how you can be sure you got the rest you really needed. The Original Mattress Factory is a proud supporter of bedheads everywhere. Share a picture of your best bedhead on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the hashtag Original Bedhead for the chance to win a $1,000 gift certificate to the Original Mattress Factory. Visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory location for more information. Hey, pastors, how are you reaching your community? Here's John MacArthur from Grace to You. I don't need to recreate the truth. I don't need to innovate anything. I need to follow the example of those who have gone before and have been profoundly blessed by God. Pastor, don't miss encouragement like that from John MacArthur. Join us for a series of virtual pastor appreciation events. You'll also hear from Alan Jackson of World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Speaking about the pandemic. Christ in you enables you to be more than a conqueror. We're going to face challenges and difficulties. We're going to come through this season. We'll do better than that. We will flourish. The Virtual Pastors Appreciation Event. Five different 90-minute sessions free each Thursday in October with 10 speakers and musical guests. Be encouraged, equipped, and edified. Presented by Trinity Jewelers. Sponsored in part by RPTS and Geneva College. Register now at wordfm.com. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. 
You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors, individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Tonight we'll see cloudy skies with occasional rain. Tonight we'll reach a low of 53. Tomorrow remaining cloudy with some lingering rain. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 63. Wednesday becoming warmer with clouds and breaks of sunshine. Wednesday will reach a high of 76. Thursday very warm with times of sun and clouds. Thursday we'll see a high of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The Monday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, over the weekend, uh, did you do any cleaning around the house? Tidy things up? I'm a little bothered that you asked. Uh Uh-oh. Does this have a bad ending? Only because I'm in a period of chaos Mm. in my home and it's it's stressing me out i worked saturday from morn truly till night trying to get things like situated and put away and i woke up this and i took you know yesterday's a sabbath i didn't do anything i got up this morning and i looked around and i thought now what was i doing all day saturday because it doesn't look that much better that's the worst i really it's really disappointing and i my the nexus of my problem is my work area Mm-hmm. So right. this spare room in my house that has become, you know, one half of the broadcast studio that produces the ride home with John Cat, <laughs> yes. or one third is just, it's just a mess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just everything that's in here I need, but it's not, you know, because this COVID thing came up on us so quickly, I don't have the right equipment. It's all a little bit, it's, I'm not yeah. happy about it. Right. Well, okay, I share those same feelings, right? So uh, on Saturday, I too was busy cleaning. Were you? Yeah. And, but, you know, here's the thing. I believe that, you know, if you're in a bad mood, the best thing that you can do for your bad mood is to clean. I think you're right about that. You know, because you see, hopefully I'm not, you know, uh, you're yeah, a different story. Me. I mean, in, in, in the rest of my house, I feel okay. But in this room is my problem, John, but you're right. Right. And you get up and you look at, oh, the kitchen is so much cleaner. Oh, than man. Don't you love to walk like, you know, like, you know, we have hardwood floors, you mop mm-hmm. your hardwood floors, and then you walk on those, you know, either barefoot or with mm-hmm. socks or whatnot. And you go, that feels so good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's I, really, if I was a multimillionaire, I would always have like a cleaning staff on hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? To me, that'd be like, you know, the that's John's the, way, Mike, of asking you and I, if we right. consider adding on. As, Could you come over? 
and help me clean once <laughs> a in a task while. Task list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cleaning staff on the ride. Yeah, home. We're, Mike and I are never going to be your cleaning staff, so All get right, over no. it. Sorry, sorry, but mm-hmm. okay, okay. So we saw this thing about keeping your desk clean, right? Your your desk, like my physical. I'm sitting in front of a desk right yes. now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now there's the physical desk, and there's also the desktop on your laptop or on your PC, right? Both of those require some maintenance from time to time, do they not? And today, John, is National Clean Out Your Virtual Desktop Day. Mm -hmm. There's actually a day set aside for this, the third Monday of October, when you're supposed to go through your desktop, either, you know, on your laptop or on your, your whatever, what do you call like the big one? That's a desktop, right? It's a P- yeah, it's a desktop. Yeah. yeah, okay. Or on your desktop. It's the desktop on your desktop. It's a little mm-hmm. confusing, I guess, is what I'm saying. Anyway, you're supposed to clean it all up. Get rid of the files you don't need. Uh, files and all the little uh, icons and whatnot, right? Your icons, you can get rid of apps on your iPad. Yeah. You can say, you know, I haven't used this app in a year. I should toss it. I don't, yeah. you know, you should go through some photographs and ditch a bunch of photos. How about all the videos that are cluttering mm-hmm. up your phone? Yeah, see that's when you start talking about clearing up photographs, I'm not I'm not with you on that. Why? Because you your photographs are kind of like your your visual diary of your life. And so well, it doesn't I'm, mean you have to take out a whole year of it. I know. I'm just I really sort of always sort of uh, I'll edit as I go along, right? You know, like yeah. I look and go, "Okay, I don't need that picture. I don't need that." But I'm not going to do that one felt swoop. That I, I need to have that flow there where I was and what was going on. Well, okay, how many photographs do you have on your phone right now? Uh, currently, mm-hmm. like uh, in your in your recent whatever yeah. your biggest album is. Let me see here. Let me take a quick look. Uh, Mike, I'm going to ask you the same thing. How many photos and how many videos do you have okay. on your phone? Okay. I have uh, 4,321 photos. Mike? 3,800. Mm-hmm. I have 35,345 photos. Why don't you dump those onto a hard drive? Oh, right. Now you're telling me to dump them. On a hard you drive. Said, you just said you need your whole record of your whole life and no, you're not no. getting rid of anything. And now yeah. you're telling me that I need to dump them on a hard drive. Well, you know, th- all that space you're wasting on your on your phone. It's <laughs> amazing how quickly his finger points, Mike. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not pointing any fingers. Uh, I'm just, no, I'm just saying for clarity and for space oh, on yeah, your phone. Clarity. All of a sudden, uh, now I'm the one that needs to, to ditch okay. my... Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying delete those photos. I'm just show. saying transfer them. Some people do a radio show and it's just a nice give and take. And it's, what? you know, we talk about sports and oh, politics. And no, don't like, feel put know. upon. I'm just trying to help you a little bit, you know, bring some order to your life. That's mm-hmm. all. How many videos do you have? Uh, not a whole lot. I don't take a whole lot of videos. Okay. Uh, Mike, how many videos do you have? 280. Okay. I got 142. Okay. How many do you have? 750. Oh my gosh. What are those videos of? <laughs> I, it's, a, I, it's a lot. I don't it's do a lot of videos. How many gigs no. do you have in your phone, Kath? You must yeah, have a 32. Yeah, oh, she, just, no, she got more. She got like 190 or something like that. No, right? I, we have 250. 250. Yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Thank you, management, for taking care mm-hmm. of us. Thank you very much. It's getting anyway, tight. today's a day real, to clean it up. It's getting real tight, people. Is it? No. Uh, I consider myself a wealthy person when I see like the space in my phone and go, Oh, I got plenty of space. Now, how many items do you have in your desktop? I have, I have 36. 36 oh. in your computer desktop? On my computer desktop. Um, I, I probably have, have six. Oh, wow. I have one, four, eight, seventeen. Wow. I need to get, I need to clean mine up. That's right, Mike. Get on it. 
Yeah. Some of them I have like little cartoons, and I probably could lose those. Cartoons? Yeah. What do like you I've got cartoons. Just like a little my, you know, like a little screen. Like I have a little cat that says "The Dude Abides," which I thought was funny. <laughs> oh. And I don't want to, I don't want to like lose that. No, you don't want to lose that. You know, you keep hold of that. I have yeah. something like That's that how too, I ended John. up with thirty-five thousand pictures. <laughs> I couldn't let go of that. <laughs> I don't know. So can you imagine? I mean, I, I, when I see myself like doing this kind of stuff, I think my dad would shake his head and go. What what have I raised? What a right. coconut here. You know, here's a guy who's, you know, working at the mill and, you know, taking care of all these seven kids. And I'm worried about a cat with the dude abides. <laughs> you know, you probably think, what a failure I've been as a father raising this yeah. coconut. Oh, failure or not, we are here on the ride home and we're so happy you're here. Hey, for everyone who gave to our Bible campaign, mm. which was going on last week, we can't say thank you enough. It's a, it's just an organization that's close to our hearts and we've traveled a lot with them. We really love them and appreciate their work. And so for all of you who were a part of it, thank you. Very nice. Take a quick break. Come back two weeks tomorrow. The presidential election will be here. We're going to talk about six ways Christians can be wiser in political engagement that's next on the ride home here on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Joe Biden. Faith is what has gotten me through difficult times in my life. I lost my wife and daughter when my son had stage four glioblastoma as a matter of months. Personally for me, faith, it's all about hope and purpose and strength. And for me, my religion is just an enormous sense of solace. I go to mass and I say the rosary. I find it to be incredibly comforting. Kierkegaard said, faith sees best in the dark. Think of all the people you know who are going through horrible things and they get up every morning and they put one foot in front of the other. I marvel at people to absorb hurt and just get back up. And I'm absolutely, thoroughly convinced and optimistic about the prospects of this country. There is nothing, there is nothing we can't do. I'm Joe Biden candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Biden for president. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. Hey, this is Owen Strand with a quick word on the upcoming election. So much of what we care about is at stake. Religious liberty, all of our First Amendment freedoms, the cause of life and reliable judges, rule of law, even civil order. Make sure you're registered and prepared to vote, whether at the polling place or by absentee ballot. Our nation is at a crossroads, and every vote counts. Don't sit this election out. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. 
At Abernathy and Hagerman, a state administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. I don't know. Some people, you know, are swimming in the, the pool that we're in right now. Happy, right? As fish. This political pool that mm. we're involved with. Two weeks from tomorrow is the presidential election. God help us all. Oh, my God. Um, because, I mean, everyone, of course, has an opinion. I mean, it is a and hot everybody's mess. opinion is right. And the other opinion is horribly wrong and can't be tolerated. Yes. What hellish mess have we put Good ourselves in? Night. Truly. So how do you engage, whether it's with family, friends, people at church? I, I don't know. Um, our next guest is going to talk about this right now and uh, help us through this mess. Case Thorpe is with us. Case serves as the senior associate pastor at First Presbyterian Church of Orlando, Florida. Case is the moderator of the 39th General Assembly of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. He co-wrote a piece at the Gospel Coalition, Six Ways Christians Can Be Wiser in political engagement. Case, thank you for being with us. We certainly need your wisdom. Mm. Well, John and Kathy, thank you for having me. I'll tell you, this is the political season, and Christians, and especially pastors, have to lead well. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I think we should start off by saying that the pastor is never, ever, nor the talk show host, let me just say parenthetically, is going to please everybody. (laughs) <laughs> no. You, is that in Scripture somewhere? No, uh, no. Well, I'm just saying it's a life lesson that I've learned the hard way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, Case, as you lead your uh, congregation, talk to us about some of those six things. Uh, one of the things you talk about is anticipation. What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, leaders in the church and pastors and or the lay leaders, elders perhaps, that they don't help themselves any by avoiding the elephant in the room. And so the anticipation recommendation in that article is just to know that this is on people's minds, name it in a way, and speak into one's role in the public square without perhaps getting down to specific candidates and specific issues. But say, hey, this is hard. This is going to cause some people to be angry, and we're just going to acknowledge that we're all a little amped up right now. We're all amped up. We're also all broken, and we're all covered by grace, even the other candidate. And I just feel like when you anticipate that this is on people's minds, it helps to let some of the pressure out. Right. Okay, Case. Now, look, all the years that I've been worshiping, I've never had a pastor preach politics from the pulpit. Um, Mm. Have you done this yourself? I mean, this seems to be a gambit that is fraught with a a lot of, you know, horror. Well, truly. Now, uh, John, I, too, am a Caucasian man and in a mostly white mainline church, evangelical. And so we don't, as a tradition, like to mix politics in the pulpit. Our African-American brothers and sisters certainly do. And um, that's just a difference in our environments. So I would say at my church, we don't uh, specifically address who we think someone uh, should vote for. However, we are quite vocal 
how we conduct ourselves as Christians in this season, how we pray for all candidates, how we seek God's will in these elections. Okay, so that is crucial, what you've said. And I think that that's unusual. I wish it wasn't, but I think it is. I think one of the ways that um, I've noticed that we've really fallen down on the job is that we talk a lot in the church about how to think about politics as i.e. Mm -hmm. how we should vote and what issues are important. And this is what you should think about abortion, or this is what you should think about immigration or whatever it is. But we spend Mm -hmm. very little time in Christian formation teaching people how to think about politics or how to talk about politics or how to post about politics. You're right, Kathy. Uh, This is the realm called public theology. And most of our evangelical churches have quite a thin or a shallow public theology. There's a lot of great material out there. We are particularly guided by what Tim Keller does in New York City at Redeemer Church. And I think in the next 50 or 100 years, it is going to be incumbent upon churches to do more specific public theology discipleship. We are living more and more in exile. We are not at the center of the culture and the power centers. And we, I mean, we as pastors at our church feel a conviction that we disciple our people well for this new era rather than pretend it's 25, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, so a lot of believers, and I think they believe that they themselves are being persecuted. Um, I mean, that's a whole other different topic, but I mean, in this difficult season, right? People want to point the finger and say, we as believers, we're being persecuted or, I mean, how do you navigate through that? I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. when you look at the rest of the sweep of history and of course the world, uh, American Christians are far from the persecuted class. That's right. So it's kind of tricky to talk about it because you're right on one side of the coin. My goodness, our persecution doesn't near compare to Christians in North Korea and some Arab countries. And yet we are increasingly feeling this here in the States, and it's new to us, and we don't like it. Um, Actually, I've got another article as a follow-up to the first one you read coming out, and I talk about exilic voting. What does it mean to look at the experience of the exiles in the Old Testament, especially in Babylon, and how do we then begin to think about our voting differently? And I start off with this friend of mine that I made in Egypt named Amir. He is Coptic Christian, part of the 10% there in Egypt. And they, the men there put a little tattoo of the cross on their, under their wrist on the backside. And Amir is never going to have, likely in his lifetime, a Christian president of Egypt. So he's got to look at the issues differently. He's got to pick perhaps one of the many bad options that he's not crazy about. And so I just think that's part of our reality now in the States. And we've got to begin to think differently when we go to the voting booth. We're talking to Case Thorpe. He serves as the senior associate pastor at First Presbyterian Church of Orlando, Florida, and is also the moderator of the 39th General Assembly of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Okay, talk about being prudent. What does it mean? Mm Mm. Well, that was one of the things uh, my co-author, Dave Strunk, and he should be mentioned for sure, uh, lifted up. Think about it. How many uh, friends do you know have a daughter named Prudence anymore? No. <laughs> no Not no, many. No. It's kind of out of style today. And even that very word, Prudence, or that's not very prudent, we don't use that word very much. But uh, John Calvin certainly did, and others in different eras 
what we meant by it was just exercise wisdom, be a little cautious, uh, transcend was another one of the points. But when trying to be prudent, it's not a right or a wrong, a black or a white type of answer for everything. Rather, where's the gray? Where's the nuance? Where's the real human drama in the midst of whatever these issues might be? And lead from a place of humility, um, maybe more so than just such severe assuredness. Okay, severe assuredness. I mean, severe, I like that. I'm going to have T-shirts made. Yes, that's certainly a pitfall. Mm. Avoid yeah. severe assuredness. Mm. Mm. Well, nothing kills our witness for Christ more to some others when then we just kind of come off as obnoxious. Yeah, mm. right middle of Mr. Know-it-all that we've got everything going on. Please don't talk to me about it because I, I know enough already. Okay, so okay, so then talk about, you know, uh, w- when we look at the issues, right? People, the, these are the issues. Well, there are so many issues, and you talk about, well, you know, no national politicians, and I think of most uh, local ones as well, are talking about easy access pornography or no-fault divorce laws or, or foster care abuses. We're looking at the big issues. A lot of people are just single-issue voters, but there's a lot going on that's you know beneath the surface. Yes, this was a particular point of my co-author, Dave, that uh, the media mm, the media frames so much of our conversations, yes. and it's not always the most important things we need to be talking about. And we in the church, in, involved in real people's lives, day in and day out, we, we can make another list of things that are impressing upon families and individuals. And so can we just turn off the television and the social media feed and really think through what matters, what matters in my community, in my family's life, mm-hmm. and let the framing of the issues perhaps come from Scripture come from our church leaders locally. And, you know, I don't know that I need to be in the pulpit talking about diplomatic strategy with North Korea. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. right. Yeah, that's a good point. And then if you if you do hear people talking about diplomatic strategy in North Korea, you're probably hearing that through a lens of mm-hmm. L- L.A. Mm-hmm. or Chicago or New York, right? Sure. Because those NBC, are where the media, yeah. the media companies are based. And so all of our cable news and a lot of our internet yeah. news is funneled through those same areas. That's right. That's right. I have uh, a, a bit humorously begun to use the term the D.C. infotainment media cabal. <laughs> and I choose those words very intentionally. And um, I, I, they make so much of a difference on our brains and our framing of things. And we can't let them. A pastor recently said, how on earth am I supposed to keep up with uh, Christian formation Maybe somebody gives me two hours a week, that is if they stay for Sunday school, when they're sitting there watching 15 to 40 hours of cable news every week. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't have a chance. Right. right. So my, my encouragement is turn off cable news and read more scripture. That's good. Okay, so speaking of scripture, uh, everyone's talking about their candidate. And, you know, you point the finger and go, well, that candidate is not a Christian. Or mm. that candidate, he can't possibly be reading the Bible, or there's no way that that candidate knows God, as though we yeah. ourselves are voting for a pastor-in-chief. Well, uh, John, two weeks ago I preached, and 
I shared a story when I was in college. The university chapter president pulled me aside one evening, and I had, uh, with a buddy, started a political group on campus, and I had great distaste and uh, hatred, honestly, for Hillary Clinton at the time. And boy, I was young, full of vim and vigor, and had all the right answers about her. And he pulled me aside and he said, you know, Case, have you ever prayed for her? And I said, what? He said, I'd challenge it. Just take seven days. And the next time we get together, tell me what it's been like to pray for her. And I tell you, John, Kathy, I came back and I couldn't be so upset with her. Now, I didn't care for her choices or her politics, but I began to see her as a human with foibles who made the choices that I don't know if I'd have made different ones along the way. And it, I just couldn't dislike her as much. Yeah. Yeah. I Listen, that is such an important story. I just, I wish everybody could have a mentor who pulled them aside and said, Hey, now, wait a minute. Now in all of your self-righteousness about your political cause, what about your political enemy who Jesus told you you're supposed to love? You know, I mean, I don't, it, it's really interesting how each one of us in these political cycles gets really mm-hmm. caught up in, in being right and, and doing mm-hmm. the right thing. And all of a sudden, like those of us who are pretty, you know, theologically astute, we're working in like works righteousness, like 24 sure. seven. How does that happen? Well, and we forget the human element. So I was invited to participate in the inaugural prayer service in 2016, and I was seated just, goodness, a dozen feet away from President Mrs. Trump, the Pences, and all these others. And it, it just, I realized, my goodness, how much my brain was shaped through watching those people through a screen. Mm. And here they were, flesh and blood, carrying the burden of all the uproar and the agendas and my heart just broke like, wow, they put their pants on every day, just like I do. They've got to carry so much. So my encouragement to folks is to pray for the candidates you're not crazy about or that you may actually hate because they've got the image of God in them as well. Good. Yeah. Pastor Kate, Case Thorpe is with us. So, Pastor, like we said, as you were coming in, uh, two weeks until uh, uh, till tomorrow for the uh, election. So as those two weeks are unfolding, what are you doing? Um, you know, short of the the praying for, of course, the candidates, what does it look like for you as you navigate this? Well, absolutely, we got to vote. Uh, this isn't in the Bible, but I often say, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Mm-hmm. So this morning, when taking my son to school, I pulled in the supervisor of elections and deposited my absentee ballot. And I wanted him to witness that moment. So you got to vote. You got to be involved. You mentioned the the prayer aspect, uh, but I would also like that's why I'm writing these series of articles. This is what you saw there is one of three, where I want folks to think through their faith and their place in the public square. We as Christ followers may not be in the center of American culture in this next season, uh, but we have a place, and we need to keep our place and, and bear witness to Christ while seeking the common good in our communities. Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate your attitude with this and really I'm happy that you joined us today. It's Case Thorpe, yeah. uh, Senior Associate Pastor of First Presbyterian Church, Orlando, Florida. Case, thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Pleasure's ours. We come back. It's our daily feature 
Does this make sense? Does it? Kath has something. Probably not. I don't know. Does it make sense? Hi, I'm John Henny from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. John, I talked to my daughter today who's a student at Grove City. And uh, we were talking about her grades. You know, it's a little more than halfway through. Her midterms were last week. And I said, so, you know, how's it going? And she said, Mom, I had the greatest meeting with my guidance counselor. And I said, guidance counselor? She's not really a guidance counselor. It's like your advisor when you get to college, right? right, right. I said, what was so great about it? And she said, well, what I couldn't believe is like he was – up to date on what I was doing. Like he knew how I was doing in each one of my classes. He knew the professors I had. He knew some of the things I'd talked to him about before. She said, all of a sudden I felt like I didn't have to go in and like tell him how things were going. He already knew how things were going. And so it was an opportunity for us to kind of get to know each other better. And I thought to myself, John, that's what I missed in my college experience. And that's what I'm so glad my kids are getting is that type of individualized attention that just as an adult reaching out to a student and saying, hey, I know where you are. Let's talk about it. That's powerful. So Grove City College, big enough to know it's a university and there's great intellectual stew there, but small enough that you're known by the people who are supposed to look out for you and shepherd you. Listen, both Kath and I, our kids go there. We love it. Look online for next year at Grove City College, gcc.edu. That is Grove City College. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. This is not time for spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. From the creators of God's Not Dead, the new movie, One Nation Under God. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. Winner of 35 Film Festival, starring Kevin Sorbo and Antonio Sabato Jr. One Nation Under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight we'll see cloudy skies with occasional rain. Tonight we'll reach a low of 53. Tomorrow remaining cloudy with some lingering rain. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 63. Wednesday becoming warmer with clouds and breaks of sunshine. Wednesday will reach a high of 76. Thursday very warm with times of sun and clouds. Thursday we'll see a high of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense, John? Uh, I don't know. Does it make sense? I ask you this. 
Zero calorie soft drinks. Does this make sense? I think it do make sense. No, because people like they like a soda. I mean, remember in the old days we'd go to the movie theater. You'd sit there with your big gulp, watch two hours of the movie with a big old bucket of popcorn, and you weren't heavy laden sugar down. Now you may have gotten some weird chemicals, you know, that may have had to, you know, you grow a third year or something like that, but at least it was sugar free. Yeah, I think I think zero calorie soft drinks make sense. You don't think they make sense? Absolutely not. Hmm. A zero calorie soft drink is just silly. Because right. what is what what is it? What if it's not a calorie? What is it? It's water, some brown sugar, I don't know, brown liquid. See? I don't know. It's no. some... see, it doesn't it it's like know. oxymoronic. Mm. It does no. It doesn't make sense. Listen. You are like you said, gonna grow a third year. Either have your soda or have water or something else. But don't but don't don't do the zero. If count. somebody put a tab in my hand right now, I would drink that baby down as quick as you could say tab. Tab discontinued today by the Coca-Cola yeah. company <laughs> after uh sixty really miserable years. <laughs> okay, Kath, does this make sense? At the beginning of the pandemic, a good friend of mine went out and spent fifteen hundred dollars on emergency meals. <gasps> now, we're seven months in. I said to him the other day, how are those things? Are they tasting good to you? He said, haven't cracked one yet. Now, at an average price of $13 per save- serving, and they're salt-filled, if you're not going to eat those babies now, what are you waiting for? Right? Emergency meals, they had their heyday. Do they make sense, I ask you? The answer is no. They do not make sense. <laughs> I don't know. People out there waiting for the hurricane to come, the earthquake, earthquake to come, something end of the world that someday they may make sense for someone out there. Word FM. Next time on Orchard Hill Today. Following Jesus in the way of joy will include traveling through sorrow and suffering. There's no other way because there is no other way for Jesus. This week, Mike Hatch, Life Stage Pastor and Pastor of Men's Ministry at Orchard Hill Church, looks at the gospel account of the book of John in a series following Jesus. Be sure to join us weekday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Orchard Hill Today on 101.5 Word FM. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. Donald Trump never speaks softly. He speaks boldly. 
as the voice for the voiceless, defending the unborn, the strongest pro-life president in history. He speaks forcefully, protecting the persecuted here and around the world, and for our right to freely practice our faith. He speaks unapologetically, nominating a historic number of judges who will defend our God-given constitutional rights. Joe Biden and the radical left want to continue the Obama-Biden policies that forced immoral values in our homes and schools and support abortion up until the moment of birth. They've attacked President Trump's Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett for her faith. And Biden wants to rig the Supreme Court, taking away our constitutional rights. Donald Trump speaks for us, boldly leading the way. He's never let us down and never will. I'm Donald Trump, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Donald Trump for President Inc. Today, everyone is expecting you to maintain a new level of clean, from customers and employees to students and staff. Cintas has the essential products and services to help you carry out cleaning protocols effectively. We'll keep you well stocked with cleaning supplies, professionally laundered uniforms, and other essentials like face masks, hand sanitizer, and thermometers. Give everyone the confidence they need to keep coming back. Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. Charlie Hebdo. Have you heard the story? So France has been shocked by a brutal murder. 47-year-old teacher, his name is Samuel Patty. He's an eighth-grade teacher who was guiding his class through a fraught debate over the limits of free speech. Now, the teacher, according to authorities uh, who interviewed him about the lesson before his death. Where are you reading from, John? I'm sorry. I'm reading this is uh, from the Wall Street Journal today. He was interviewed before his death that he had warned students who might be offended in the classroom to avert their eyes before he displayed cartoons from Charlie Hebdo, which is the satirical French magazine that was targeted in a bloody terrorist attack in 2015. Now, the lesson that was taught by the eighth grade teacher, Samuel Patty, angered a parent at the school who posted videos on social media directing invectives at Mr. Patty for sharing a depiction of Muhammad with the class and the parent demanding his dismissal. Well, French officials say that um, a few days after this parent called for the uh, dismissal of the eighth grade teacher, an 18-year-old Russian national of Chechen origin lurked outside the school on Friday afternoon asking students to identify this teacher. The teacher was then killed shortly thereafter when classes ended and the teacher was walking home. It was a brutal attack. He was stabbed and then ultimately beheaded, lying on the sidewalk close to the school where he had taught for a couple of decades. In the afternoon. Yes, in broad daylight. Now, if there's any good news about this, uh, this brutal murder, this beheading, has galvanized the French citizens Mm -hmm. once again. Now, um, the French citizens, what, 10 years ago, lowered their immigration boom, and they allowed some 5 million immigrants to enter into the country. The problem is, though, that as people have come into the country, many of them who are Muslims, they have refused to assimilate 
into French culture. And there are now ghettos of people who are unhappy with the people who have put out the welcome mat in the first place. So you've created a culture within a culture and it has created mm -hmm. great heartbreak and rancor in the French nature in the French nation. So what do you do? Well, I, I agree with you, John. It was heartening to see so many uh, French people out protesting this horrible, horrible attack on this teacher. And they are protesting because they recognize that something very valuable is at stake. And that is the idea of free speech. Now, the thing that is very important to the French, of course, is that they have a secular state. And that any type of religious intervention or interference in or what goes on in the state has to be has to be stopped. Um, and so they are out, you know, protesting and supporting the family of this man who was killed. And it's just I don't know. There's so many issues, John, to think about, you know, how often have we talked about immigration on our show and, you know, the mandate that God gave us when he was speaking to Israel in the Old Testament and um, that our hearts need to be open to the sojourner, that we need to be welcoming to the alien among us. And those are real demands that God puts on us. And it's difficult. It's not an easy life. I mean, nobody ever said that following Jesus was the easy way. So it is a hard task at the same time, John as we have to have open minds and open hearts. We have to remember that nations and this, you know, I'm going to diverge from a lot of people and a lot of things I say here, but nations have the right to decide how many people they, they bring in. I, I, I don't believe in open borders. I think that every nation needs to decide. Now our hearts need to stay open. And especially for those who are, who are refugees or victims of, of political or religious persecution, um, our hearts need to be open. And I think our borders need to be open to those people. Um, but it, I don't think that in any country that we should be looking and pointing the finger and saying, hey, you guys need to be open to whoever wants to come into your country. And this is one of the reasons why, simply because France is a proud country. They're a very old country and they believe very strongly in the things that have made them French, right? Mm -hmm, right. I mean, if you've ever traveled to France or even, I wasn't even in France, John, I was right on the border of Germany and France. There were French people there who were angry that I wasn't speaking French and I was in <laughs> Germany. I mean, this is how serious they are about being French, okay? So it, they want to preserve their culture, and I under, and I certainly understand that. And of course, that, you right? can't blame them. Right. No. Of course, you can't blame them at all. So at the same time, if people want to come in and become French, then we, of course, I would believe that in, historically in the last 10 years, as you said, that's why the French have opened up their arms, right? right? What do you do at a moment like this? I'm kind of speechless, you know, I don't know. But the fact that this many people are flooding the Paris streets and care about free speech and want to support a teacher who's trying to help kids to understand why you need to listen to each other, I think is a good thing. It's interesting. You know, um, can you think back the first time that you heard the uh, active reality of beheading in the 21st century? I mean, you know, when you would hear about, you know, someone being beheaded, that was something like, you know, what, centuries ago or something. Right. And then it became a reality, mm -hmm. a thing where, I mean, remember Daniel Pearl, right. who was the reporter for the Wall Street Journal. That struck very close to home for many Americans. I mean, there was a, you know, a known media figure 
who was beheaded. I mean, the brutality of that, what that must be like, the horror of that, the perpetration of such deep and horrific violence on the human body. I mean, God help anyone who's in any close contact to that. But it's become a thing. And it only goes to show that the enemy is really, you know, burying down deep in their beliefs and their thoughts of what they think is right and good in society. I think to me, that's, you know, that's the scary thing about it all is that, you know, their way is the only way. And, you know, we're in a country that has a long historical standing in French culture, and we've come here on an invitation, but now that we are here, we're going to create our own way. Okay, let me ask you this. Here's something else that came into my head when I was reading the news stories today about this. I thought how important it is for every religious group or political group to distance themselves from the crazy element of their group. Right. Because, look, I mean, is this mainstream or the majority of people who are Muslim living in France supporting this? No. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Right. I mean, always there's the crazy fringe. Right. So are the majority of uh, Republicans in America right now white supremacists? No. Of course not. Of course not. Are the majority of Democrats in America in Antifa? No. No. But there's something about our organizations where we kind of like to have that crazy fringe element because they're kind of the muscle that we're happy secretly to have. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the deception and that's where we lose our way. If we're not willing to say, no, 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 no. You might, you might be supporting the same candidate that I support, but we are not on the same side of this. We are not on the same side. I so think that's, that's a good es- point. I think that's essential. So you call out the fringe. You have to, you have to distance yourself from the fringe and you have to say, that is not me. I think the worrying thing for me is how does the fringe see the world the way that they see well, it? That's so far I mean, divorced. That's a, whole, that's a whole other question. But don't you, don't you think though that Muslims in France right now have to stand up and say, we are not, you know, we, we, we can be out you there working so. with you guys. Yeah. You would hope so. Right. As guests into a country that you are invited into right. and asked to assimilate. Now, look, I mean, the lack of assimilation. I mean, I don't know about you, but Kathy, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I remember ladies, you know, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, there weren't a lot of them, but, you know, they were like, you know, little Stadababas mm-hmm. or they were, you know, a lot of times they were little, you know, Italian ladies wearing the black dress and they were still at the age of 75 or 85 yeah. still speaking Italian. Right. No, they never learned the language. How about this? When I was in college and and the three years after I was in college, I lived in South Oakland on the other side of the Boulevard of the Allies um, behind what was in the Shenley Animal Hospital. And I lived in an Italian neighborhood on Cato Street. And the people that lived next to me to the left and the people that lived next to them were all older women who only spoke Italian. Right. That was when I was in college. Yeah. Now, look, I mean, they're making biscotti. They're not going to come out there you know, and try to behead somebody. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm saying that that's that, that they're it's a I'm, I don't want to abolish some sort of cultural connection right. that people have with one another. It's just we have to figure out how to live together. 
it doesn't mean, I mean, it was very, they were very nice to me. They knew I wasn't Italian, right? They probably would have been happier if somebody Italian had moved in, but they were fine. There wasn't any antagonism. It's, it's the antagonism and the hatred and this type of violence. That's just, oh. Yeah. So then it, it goes back to a political ideology, right? That that ideology has come with you, whether, you know, the perpetrator, the, so, the, uh, the suspect in this, this murder came in from Chechia in, mm-hmm. in Russia, whatever ideology that, you know, he was part of there or, you know, has developed in his family. Okay, here's my question. I don't know if this has been reported on yet. If the, if the actual, um, the perpetrator of the crime has some connection to the father who started the social media storm initially. No, I don't think because the, the, the man who is accused of this, he's from 40 miles away. Okay. He's from Nice. Okay. But the father is in custody. Right. And so is the, so is the, so is the other man who he brought with him to the school initially to lodge a complaint against the teacher. They're both in custody. Yeah. Lisa, as of this morning, they were. I mean, it's horrible. It really is. And you know what's in, you know the only thing that's interesting for us is because it is a it, it's religious, and it's political. Right, right. And you know, look, you know, wasn't that long ago where we were all up in arms about you know nine uh, eleven and Muslims and you know the coming attacks, right? Okay, so ISIS. what did we? Okay, but so did we? We learned a couple things from that, hopefully. And one of them is that not every Islamic person is in favor of you know flying airplanes into buildings. No, of course not. Right, that's I mean, one of the things. But you say, of course not. That, that we went through a spasm in America. We were, we weren't saying, of course not. Well, there's a difference when it's at your back door when they're right. flying you know right. airplanes into buildings. Yeah, yeah, you're going to yeah, go, yeah, wait yeah. a second, what's yeah, going yeah. on? Are we under attack? Is right. the American way of life same, about to at, go away? At the same time, how? Important was it for those of us who weren't Muslim at the time to say, okay, if you are Islamic and you live in America, then we want you to denounce that. Right. Right. We want you to say that you don't believe that so that we can feel a kinship with you and we can be, we can share a common humanity. Right. Or when you walk by a mosque, you don't feel like you're a mosque. You don't feel like you're about to be attacked. Right. So that's the same thing that the French are looking for today. Right. Yeah. And they're, but they're, what's interesting is in far greater numbers. I mean, there's a lot less. Uh, people in France as there is in the United States, but there's a lot more, you know, immigrants, five plus million that are living in France right now. So you would feel as though if you're French, you are surrounded by the enemy. They are clearly at the doorstep. Yeah, but that's the problem is that you're labeling an entire group of people as the enemy when it's five crazy people that we're talking about. Well, maybe uh, I would say a lot more than five crazy people because, you know, you look at what happened. uh, uh, That's a whole other story for another time. That's all. Well, you're going to go back to the Charlie Hebdo thing initially, right? Exactly. Yes. Right. I mean, massive gunfights. Okay, but in this sense, but here's the thing. We had the reason we have law and order is because we're going to prosecute just the people who are involved in this. We're not prosecuting a whole people group for something, right? We're just prosecuting the people who are guilty of the crime. Right. We have to. That's how we retain our common humanity and our allegiance to law and order. Right. That's how that's how societies work is we're not going to to be people who denigrate a whole group of people who denigrate others and do a mass persecution of people based on what they believe. We're not going to do that. Pray for France. Yeah. Pray for France. They don't do it either. I did something weird the other day. I added some extra cream to my Fufu iced coffee, but I didn't have a stir stick. So without thinking, I grabbed my car key and used the key to stir in the cream, creating the perfect mix. 
Unfortunately, my wife was watching the whole thing with a what is wrong with you look. Hey, it's Ryan. And the reality is, I believe our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is the perfect mix as well. We're a smaller team, only a couple dozen people, and many of us are family. And that small helps us to be carefully committed and know every Word FM listener that calls. But our small team is also lucky to be connected to a bigger company that is a direct lender, meaning our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate and save you money. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. Nice! United Mortgage Corp. Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22677. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable, too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva in person or online. To find out more, go to geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit. Hello, this is Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas and voice of PowerPoint Radio. Let me encourage you to be prepared to vote in this upcoming election. Before the Lord, it is our right and our responsibility to take part in the democratic process. The stakes are far too high to sit back and let others choose the course for our nation's future. Register, plan ahead, and please vote. Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including Hero Pay and Hero Sign On bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign-on bonus plus ongoing bonus pay. We know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the Hero Pay you deserve. Give us a call today to find out more or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Hey, I want to say congratulations uh, to Rosie Wagner. It's uh, Rosie Wagner Day on the ride home. God bless Rosie Wagner. She's laid it down at the CCO. She's walked away, said no moss, taking the retirement train into a happy oblivion. She's going to hang out and she's going to, what, eat uh, what? Bonbons. Oh, all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rosie Wagner. There She'll have servants good. around her all the time, mm-hmm. you know, bringing her whatever her heart does. I think that's what retirement is. Ringing the bell. Ken, mm-hmm. please bring me some Ken, bonbons, please. my friend. Would you please? Please, Ken. Hurry, would you please? Uh, don't make me wait. Very nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Congratulations. We love you, Rosie. Yeah, we love you, Rosie. Yeah, good job. Hey, listen, according to a University of Florida political scientist by the name of Michael McDonald, not, the, not, yeah, not the same guy who was a doobie. Oh, yeah. Michael McDonald, how the mighty have fallen. What a fool believes. <laughs> 28 million Americans, people, have already voted. Whoa. whoa 28, 28 that million. is 20% of the total 2016 vote has no already kidding. taken place. Have you voted yet? Are you going to vote? No, I'm going. I'm day of. I'm in I'm line. going to the polls. Yeah, me too. Going to the yeah. polls. Yeah. 
because I, I want to make sure that my vote counts. Oh, yeah, big time. I'm a little, you know, leery about that whole thing. Anyway, thanks for being with us. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Rosie Wagner, God bless you. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.